Welcome to episode 205 of the No Coup Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. And we have some NFL free agency um, to talk about, to start with, at least today. Um, Which one do you want to start with? Um, I guess the big one, since it's kind of done, uh, uh, Derek Carr to the Saints. Derek Carr to the Saints. The Saints were kind of a sleeper. In this um, in this free agency, I think I mentioned them two podcasts ago about uh, you know maybe they'd be good fits for Lamar or one of those guys, but they swooped in and got Derek Carr. Um, how do you feel about it? What do you think? You think it's a good pick for them? Yeah, I mean it's an upgrade. Who's it better for, Carr or for the Saints? I think it's better for Carr. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think this is a good, like, stable situation. The defense is going to be much better than he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is the Saints, like, even their bad quarterbacks uh, have kind of had to wait for their weapons to get healthy. Yes. Like, dude, Michael Thomas has barely touched the field since Drew Brees retired. I forget he's even on the team often. Yeah, I've had multiple conversations over the course of this season about the best receivers in the league. And, like, his name was not remembered at any point. Right. And I was thinking, like, wow, like, okay, Derek Carr gets here. But if Derek Carr's best playmaker is not healthy or not playing, like, he can only do so much. Right. And Kamara is another guy. If he's playing, that's awesome. But he's missed so much time. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, Carr doesn't move the needle as much as they need. Yeah, because you're not even – we're not even really sure if um, Jameis Winston had uh, Kamara and Michael Thomas for the full year, that how they would have even been. We haven't really even gotten to see that. So, uh, yeah, I I, I do think it's a big move for him because I do think it is a place where his career can get back on track. If if he doesn't stay there for that long or if he stays there for the full contract, whatever, um, he's still pretty young. Uh, I do think it's a good career move, but I agree with you. I don't think it makes the Saints – all that much better if there's still all the variables. You know, they're kind of aging too. A couple games. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're a couple games better Mm -hmm. because you look at the division. I mean, Tampa Bay probably won't be good. Uh, Panthers. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. And who's the other team I'm missing? I can't even think of them at the moment. Um, they should have an easy. They should have an easy. That's road. what I'm saying. The division is not going to be like really difficult to get through, right? So I think I think they're a solid uh, favorite to make up the, the Falcons. Playoffs. They have the Falcons. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. essentially two wins if you're locked in. You know. Yeah, depending on. And depending I'm I'm, ex- I'm like slightly exaggerating because you know the NFL is not like the NBA like. The divisional games are very competitive. 
Yeah. But to me, Carr from the teams we just talked about is by far the best quarterback. Absolutely. So Absolutely. They should be the favorites, even if those guys aren't healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, we don't really have to talk about the Giants. They just they kept their two main pieces for their offense. Um, the Ravens non-exclusive tag for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it was kind of obvious that a tag was coming. Whether it was going to be exclusive or not was the big uh, if. So it is non-exclusive. So he does have a chance to negotiate with other teams if um, other teams choose to negotiate with him. What do you think? This is weird. Why? Like, it seems like a pretty reasonable move because I guess you are kind of letting the market dictate what he's going to be worth. Yeah. But that really makes me question where their difference was. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, clearly they couldn't come to an agreement because they're, you know, maybe he wanted more money. Maybe they were lowballing him. Maybe they weren't. I'm sure they weren't guaranteeing as much as he wanted. But it was. It was the guarantee. I mean, that's what I heard or read that it was the guaranteed money that um, they couldn't uh, agree on. The overall, so, the overall um, contract money they agreed on, but how much of it was guaranteed was what Lamar and um, the team couldn't agree on. And I'm just curious, like, do they think there's not a franchise that's going to come in and guarantee what he wants? Bro, Cleveland, Cleveland gave Deshaun what two thirty, and he he had just spent a year not playing football. Yeah, the Man, year was prior, the next year not playing football. Exactly, and he, yeah. the year prior he got exposed for do, maybe he should have been playing more football than what he, what he was actually doing. Right, and they gave they guaranteed the entire contract. Yes. So to me, like, this is just strange. It seems like a no-brainer that somebody's going to offer Lamar a crazy deal. Do you think the Ravens will match it? No. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I'm assuming not, um, but then, like, I just – I haven't really seen this situation too many times. Maybe that's why I'm thrown off by it. Yeah, I'm no, I'm with you. Um, I read earlier that there's reports that like more teams than like more teams are saying that they're not going to pursue him, which isn't that big of a deal. I feel like the media is making a big deal out of that um, because there's really only like four teams that desperately need a quarterback, right? Maybe like maybe six max. So like I wouldn't expect the other twenty five teams to pursue him so you know i think the few teams that need a quarterback are definitely gonna at least talk to him definitely um but yeah i don't think the ravens match it if they go over whatever the ravens already offered him i think it i don't think the ravens i don't think they match it i think they just take the picks and it's weird with all the drama they're dealing with 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird that he could talk to teams like into the season. Yeah. During the season. What what is that? Like, why would you even have a contract or a I guess I mean like a contract situation that puts a player in that position? That's the NFL. Like they have the weird contracts, man. I, I don't really understand that. It's like a you know, restricted free agent for the whole year. Yeah, I like again franchise tags, like just the basic ones. I completely understand, but yeah. this to me seems like there's like a some kind of information we're not privy to yet. I feel, I, and I don't know this for a fact because you know I don't, I don't, I don't really, uh, I'm not privy to all the legislation of the NFL. But it seems like franchise tags help them more because they have such a um, longer time of like off season training, where mm-hmm. like you still have to kind of be with the team in the off season. So um, their free agency doesn't last like a full summer, like the NBA, you know. Yeah. Whereas like there's four months after free agency before you even have to report to the team. These guys got to be with the team like a month from now, two months from now, at least kind of with the team, you know, quick. Yeah. So I believe, right. That's what they start. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I could see why you could negotiate into the season because of that, because you still got to be doing something up until then. Picking somebody up in the middle of the season that hasn't been with the football team at all is Probably just dangerous for the player, actually. You know, I know it, this just is setting up all these strange scenarios that could play out. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I'm, I'm even more curious now how it turns out. Honestly, yeah, me too. Um, I know, I know. Um, like this has been said on TV already, but for those who are wondering. Miami, who is interested in Lamar, would have to trade, have to include Tua in the trade for him because they don't have the picks to just take him off the franchise tag. They'd have to actually make a player for player trade. So, for those who are wondering about that, about Lamar going home, that would be the thing that. Do I have this right? If if they don't match, do they get two picks for it? Yeah, automatically. Yeah. Again, maybe only maybe from this teams is like that have picks. Oh, I mean, again, maybe this is the Ravens like, trying to finesse and kind of leave some flexibility for their star quarterback, who's clearly looking to leave. But to get picks, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and, and like I said, Miami doesn't have two picks, so they'd have to. Yeah. They would have to trade somebody. And, and you know, that, that could work. Ravens can do that. They can say they can do like a sign and trade, basically, like what the NBA would have a sign and trade. It would be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they wouldn't be able to do the franchise tag that move like some of the other teams that do have two picks. Yeah. I don't know, who, I don't know where Miami sent that pick to that they had. Um, but whoever has that could trade it and whatever other pick they have. So, But, yeah, um, that is going to be interesting. I'm curious to see, like, when that happens. 
Like, and, and that's that's one thing that you mentioned it going into the season. Do you think that a team would wait until after the season starts to start negotiating with Lamar Jackson? I mean, you think they would maybe wait till they know for sure that he's healthy and ready to play this season? Yeah, which I, I feel like assume... even at the end of the last season, he was supposed to be game ready. He just he didn't close because they... either way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would assume so because he's. I mean, he's clearly good. Like he's he's just such a star, like talent. I don't understand this weird level of like hesitation. I don't either, man. He's somebody that any given year could just come out and win MVP. Like he's someone that should be that's in the MVP conversation as long as he's on the field. He's just that good. So yeah, um, I just like I if this was Josh Allen. Like fifteen Ross, fifteen owners would be jumping at the chance. Yeah, teams that you you talked about. Uh, most teams aren't like desperate for a quarterback. I'm desperate to get rid of a bum, which a lot of teams have. Yeah, and no kind of like extra motivation to to look at this at least, especially for someone that's only like. What is he, 26? Yeah, bro. That's what I'm saying. We should we should have a report of like this team, that team, this team, like all these teams interested or or all these teams rumored, and it's like yeah. silence. Yeah. Something something's weird here. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what it is yeah. yet. I agree. I agree. Um yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, I think that maybe I don't know. I don't want to I speculate. Know. I don't know how much power these guys have. You get into the conspiracies at that point, but I'm not with the conspiracies yet. I've heard a lot of them already. I've heard, I've heard some yet. interesting theories, also. Yeah, I think Lamar has more of a choice in this than probably it, most quarterbacks would. Like I, I think Aaron Rodgers probably has somewhat of a choice, but I think maybe other than I mean, obviously, other than Mahomes, maybe Allen. I think that maybe those two are the only other guys that I would say could choose where they wanted to go because they were that desirable. And I I like to think that much about Lamar. I think if Lamar wants to go to one of those teams that needs a quarterback, he would just show up and say, you know, look, I want to play here, you know, what y'all got. But – you know, that's what that's how we feel in a perfect world. But yeah. Apparently it's not the case. At we'll least see. the the it seems like he's on his way out of Baltimore, so I'll take that progress. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Uh any other NFL right now? <laughs> Did you see how many guys the Chiefs are cutting? Yeah. Like half the roster. <laughs> I mean, the, it is the, crazy. the six eight. Uh, who was it? Or the linebacker, right? Frank Clark. Frank Clark is gone. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Players that played great in the Super Bowl are gone. That's what's really yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like really good. And they're players. and they're gonna be uh the favorite next year. 
Yeah, still. And I look forward to that not changing whatsoever. Yeah, and they probably could sign anybody they want. Yeah. Is there anyone draft, be... I'm sure they'll draft like a minimum of two to three guys that'll contribute right away. Yeah. And and Mahomes yeah. is not like Rodgers. Uh, if you're a good route runner and can't catch in week one, by week 10, mm-hmm. you're probably catching the ball. Yeah. So I think they'll be yeah. completely fine. It's just funny. Orlando Brown as well. They're not going to franchise tag, so he might not come back to, which who played fantastic as well. <laughs> so, well, never, I've never seen a team more confident in just having two guys. That's all we need. We really don't need anyone else on the team yep. as long as we keep our main two guys. And they're not cocky about, like, at all. Like, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to the association. Um, Got to start with Ja. Ja Morant. Ja Morant's... Uh, Everyone should know by now, I'm sure, that he was seen in a nightclub in Glendale, Colorado, uh, with a weapon, shirtless, about $80,000 worth of jewelry on him. Um, The league is investigating, the league and the, um, I guess, Denver police or Glendale police are investigating. Colorado police. Yeah, a a Colorado uh, police are investigating um, where the weapon came from, whether it's his, how he got it there, uh, did he travel with it, uh, was there any crimes committed, basically. And the collective bargaining agreement that the league has with the players, um, if a player is has a weapon, a gun specifically, um, during travel with the team on any team facility, any team, anything that's owned by the, the Memphis Grizzlies in this case, that it's a minimum of 50 games suspension. So if they find out that Ja brought the gun on the team plane to the um, Denver game, um, he'll get, he'll likely get a suspension of 50 games. Um, so that's where we are with the investigation. Uh, they haven't found anything yet, but they are just trying to figure out how Ja got the gun there. Obviously, if someone else brought it, they probably shouldn't have been. I mean, they got away with traveling with it as well. So, uh, whatever the situation is, it is odd. And did, did Ja take the gun after that? Um, to the next away game that they had after, which was, I believe, the Clippers. So, thoughts? Man. This, honestly, man, this made me uh, appreciate Kyrie Irving the last couple years. Because <laughs> he never did anything that destructive? At least Kyrie just says dumb and destructive shit. He doesn't... Yeah actually go out and do taking time off for visiting family and like the the distra- like he was distraught over the the DC events that was a bit iffy 
But outside of that, it's mostly just him saying nonsense. Yeah. Taking the game off for the birthday party and being sick. seen at the party doing the electric <laughs> yeah. slide was pretty bad. That was but sick. it definitely isn't this bad. I mean, yeah, it's nothing like this, but you can make it at least it's like team destructive. Anyway, this this is just like so awful in every way. It is. So and in you you it becomes disturbing because now like there was already rumors and there were situations that were odd. Like this had been kind of there had been kind of conversations, quiet conversations about like what does John Morant do outside of these like his NBA career? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, yeah. first of all, the story with the finish line with his mom is just insane. It is very insane. Allegedly, but it's still insane. The The Pacers story is just insane. Pacers story is probably worse. Like, but, those two situations... And again, because of this, I, I kind of went back and, and really kind of read the... the what what the rumors were, what allegedly happened, and I'm like, dude, like this is like movie shit. It is, yeah. I mean, the finish line, like your his mom called him for help, and he showed up with like an almost double digit amount of people to yeah. finish. Like again, anyway. So we get to this, which yeah. is intimidates the finish line, which is like the the combination of a bunch of questionable and insane events yeah and now and now you you like i can't help but look at him differently i'm going to remind people of something and i already told you this but i want to remind the listeners of something the night that john morant went to the strip club and was partying with the gun in his hand and you know shirtless at the strip club they lost by 16 at night. So think about if you're a, let's say you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan. You're at home. You see your team get beat by Denver. See Jokic get a triple-double on your team. You're mad. You know, you're you're getting drunk. You're burning your jersey. You're, you know, yelling at your wife. You know, I I'm, watched I'm the game. She's, you know, trying to cheer you up. You're mad, right? Then you pull up Instagram and you see Ja is on live half naked at a strip club. And you're like, wait a minute. Do I care about the team more than our best player? More than our franchise player? I'm distraught about the loss. If he's out here celebrating after a 16-point loss to the number one seed that, you know, probably the um, Western Conference Finals matchup. And as a team, uh, as a, the Memphis Grizzlies, as a team, how do you look at that and not suspend him like immediately? Like, I mean, it, that would be like an easy suspension for me. Just the yeah. fact that you're, you know, looks like you're celebrating after a 16 point loss no. to our best competition. And honestly, and you're what our best saved player. Them, what saved the Grizzlies to me was because, again, initially it was like two games potentially and i'm like what yeah, the hell was, two games and i knew it was, it was like minimum yeah i knew it was like a minimum and they were starting the the waiting for the investigation 
Yeah. But I needed a more definitive, like, what we already know is not okay. Right. And to the credit of the Grizzlies coach, his initial response was like, yeah, he's suspended indefinitely. Like, this was unacceptable, mm-hmm. and he kind of discussed the the larger kind of problem with it, the the smaller, you know, issue with the team. And And I was like, okay, I understand. Like, clearly Memphis is taking it seriously, and they're not just – waiting to see how much trouble he gets into to figure out what to do. Yeah. But Ja, like, like, bro, how could you do something this stupid? Honestly, and, and I'm, I'm, again, let's just say for this hypo- crazy hypothetical, you're, you live a street lifestyle based uh-huh. off of how you grew up, which we he, he'd already gotten exposed for how for that based off of the people you run with which are already getting exposed like even in yeah. prior situations yeah but to, like on IG live dude you're flexing I mean, a gun on <laughs> IG live like th- th- think about the stupidity as a star NBA player but that should tell you right there that he's not a gangster. Because no oh, gangster would do something. Oh, no, that has been like established. Yeah. But I'm saying if anyone had any questions about it and think, oh, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, the fact that he did that on live should answer your question. But it's just like, it's so disturbing because, again, a bunch of situations has led to this point. So you can't yeah. honestly not look at this as a pattern of behavior. Right. I mean, he's got a gun on IG Live. That may, if anything, that makes me more believe that it was a, a real gun with the laser pointer. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. if he's dumb enough to flex a, an actual gun on IG Live yeah, as an NBA was- star player, which is just, like, again, the absence of logic to do that, even if you are street, even if you are a thug, because I can promise you, he's not the most most street player that's ever played. I know, honestly, he's the first player not. we've ever seen do this. Obviously not, and it's yeah. just insane. And what's even more insane, like you look around, his mom is getting into crazy situations, his dad is getting into crazy situations. Like, like they're feeding into it. Yeah, which which is yeah. just mind blowing to me. Yeah, and not only that, it's the whole Grizzlies. The whole Grizzlies are getting into crazy situations. Keep in mind, just a, a few months ago, we had the entire team threatening to fight Shannon Sharp at a basketball game. <laughs> Shannon and the Sharp, dad, was, the dad was like the cause of that. It, well, Brooks, Brooks was the cause first, and then the, and then the and, dad uh, escalated it, which is to yeah. me the worst, like worst person in the situation. Always, yeah, it is, yeah. But the thing is, Shannon is nothing to Ja. There was no problem with Ja, which exactly. makes it even crazier that his father jumped into it. So, um, yeah. Uh, oh, again, just the insanity of your mom gets into an issue within an finish line employee why is she calling you to pull up and even if she is why are you bringing a mob 
<laughs> like there every every detail of that alleged situation i'm like yo like how much collective stupidity is here the thing is it's now that it's just i, I don't know what the possible thought process could be but the thing is like i don't i don't know what situation Mama would need me to bring more than just me if she called me. Like, I know. Like, oh, your, oh, your card declined. All right, cool. I'll bring down the black card. Or like, oh, you know, they mess with you about your size. Well, just leave. There's plenty of other malls in <laughs> Memphis. Sad. Normally, normally, if there's a finish line, there's like three other stores that have the exact same shit. Yeah, and I don't. And trust me, I've been to Memphis a few times. There's not only one finish line. In Memphis. <laughs> All right, you guys are whack. I'll go to the another another one. Whatever. I know it, it's um, just so much about but, this is bizarre. And it, this is my my thing is I want to say one thing to the people who are, um, you know, arguing about this online and everything. Please, with the questioning of Jaws parenting, I I don't like when people question other people's parenting because. Ja is a grown man. He's 23 years old. Yeah. yeah. And he's around other grown men. Ja, is Ja the, he may be the second youngest on the Grizzlies. Like, he's not like, you know, there's a lot of young guys on the Grizzlies, but he's by far not the oldest. He's, he's around these guys who've been in the league for a long time. He's been in the league long enough now that I'm sure he has a relationship with assistant coaches. All these people know him. He's around enough grown men now to not still be making decisions solely based off of 100%. his parenting, however good or bad it was. I don't like people talking about, oh, this is what happens when your dad does this or your mom does this and like question all that stuff. That's, that stuff has, doesn't matter at all in this situation. Um, Bro, because neither dumber. of his parents were at that strip club that night, were they? No. So. No. Yeah, and so the, it's like the dumber argument is like the the issue with the gun itself. Like, oh well, he's allowed to have it, so like, what's the problem? Yeah, like that's an even stupider argument. I agree. Like, we're not I we're agree. not sitting here like, yo, arrest this man because he had a firearm. Like, no one said to have him arrested at all. That's what I'm saying. Not it's once. The stupidity of like more than anything to put it on social media. Yes, that's the that's the problem. He's people forget that one. He's a NF. He's an NBA player. He's a Memphis Grizzly. He's a Nike player. Nike, you know, uh, signed player. He has all of these other things that he represents. I think it's just oh, it's just Jaw. Let him be him. But you, he's not just him anymore. I know. There's way too much money into him that he can't for him to be making these kind of decisions and have his image like that and. You know, put his own life in danger, but even just having a weapon, his own yeah. life in danger. And, and I guess the other dumb argument, if we're shooting them all down, is the fact that he's young. Right. Like, bro, Jason Tatum is his the exact same age as him, if not like yeah. a year or, uh, older or younger. Yeah. And Jason Tatum's off the field life is flawless, as far as we know. Like, as far as being a role model, as far as being. He's a good parent, obviously. He doesn't get in yes, trouble people, like this. People forget Ja is also a father. So really, as a father, this is what you're doing? Bro, like, what the yeah. hell is going on? Yeah. Right. 
there's plenty of young players who come in from like other difficult backgrounds, whether his is difficult or not. Like none of those things are an excuse to to be this dumb. And Tatum's OG was Kyrie, and he's not even in this situation. <laughs> Tatum came to the to the team, and Kyrie was like the elder, yeah, the eldest on the team. <laughs> like you know, you got guys. You got Stephen Adams. He played with Danny Green. I think he played with Crowder maybe for one year. He, I mean, he played with enough guys. Like he has enough tutelage to make the right decisions. Every decision now is on him. It's not on all this other past stuff people are talking about. He has enough help to make good decisions. Um, but you know, he's just not making good decisions. <laughs> like I said, and as a I, father, this horrible. is this is not yeah. what you want to be. Huh? I feel horrible for the Grizzlies. Because I do too. last episode, they were probably the second or third best team in the conference, and now they're not a contender. Right. At all. And I know some of it is Clark being hurt, and obviously Jaw's gonna be out probably for the playoffs. But the like Maybe. the momentum is gone. And Brooks has to get suspended after every two technicals for the rest of the year. Now, now Brooks is your on-court leader. That's a disaster. Which he's Jared Jackson get obviously won't be. How? If you if you had to bet all your money on whether Dylan Brooks will get two texts in a playoff series or not, which way are you betting? If I win like a good amount, I'm probably betting that he gets it. Exactly. Like yeah. Honestly, I mean, the, it's just crazy. Like, Steven Adams was calling the meeting before. Like, that just got exposed after this, this whole situation blew up. Yeah. Like, the momentum this team had is gone. Yeah. The focus that people thought they had is gone. I thought yep. they had that. I mean, they come out without John. Look, Elite all the time. They do. Yeah. But now now I mean even if they play well it doesn't they're not going into anywhere in the playoffs. No, they don't have enough. No. And then it, especially without even if Clark, they did, like you said the moment, Yeah, Clark's a huge loss. And even like you said even if they had um I mean even if they were playing good enough it's the momentum has just been crushed and it's just like it's just too many distractions now. It's too many variables. Um it's, it's going to be really, really, really tough. Uh, I'd be surprised. I mean, I'd be shocked if Jaw is out for the season if they make it through the first round. You imagine, know? like, and, imagine you come in and you win a playoff game, and the first, like, really first topic they press you about is what's Jaw been up to? Right. Like, that's just sick. Back to Jaw real quick. If I was Ja and I did bring the gun on the plane, I would go ahead and just tell him. I'd take the 50 games, the 50 games right now. Get out ahead of it. Yeah, because now, I mean, at least you, okay, you missed the rest of this season. Um, and then you only miss like a quarter of next season, opposed to missing half of next season. Like if you let this 
wait out. You don't tell the truth up until like maybe closer to the end of the season. Then you miss like a full half of the season next year. I'd rather miss the rest of these games in a quarter of the season and just, you know. Dude, if Colorado police comes out and we get like way more details than we've gotten. Yeah. His reputation is, is destroyed. It's definitely hurt. I mean, Nike's dropping him on the spot, I'm sure, if especially if he gets suspended for the extended time. I'm surprised Nike didn't drop him already, to be honest. But the Nike statement that they released, I thought was weak. Um, But they seem to be backing him because, you know, they have so much in stock with him. But... um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't. I don't know how much more details it could be. I hope not many. But Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about it. I I, I, mean, hope I don't know what he, else to say about it. I hope he takes his future seriously enough to learn quick, because you don't get a second mistake in situations like this. And now, like, now again, to me, his reputation's like on the verge of being destroyed. Yeah, it, it is. It is on the verge, and it is getting um, kind of, you know, it's getting bad at this point. So he really does need to fix it or get ahead of it, like you said. Because really, there's no sense in waiting around for the consequences to come if and they're going to be it, that much worse. Like, you can't. I mean, I hope Ja again values his future enough to not want to be defined by this. Yeah. And right now, I again it's looking like that. And that's just awful. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh moving on. We mentioned some teams we wanted to talk about. Which ones did we say? Oh, the Knicks. Let's talk about the Knicks. <clears throat> Yes, we lose a contender and we gain a contender. Yes. We talked about the Knicks a little bit last time, but not that long. But they are 9-1 and in their last 10. They had a nine-game winning streak. They lost to the Hornets last night. No Brunson. Um, but he will be back. Uh, they're firing on all cylinders right now, man. They look great. Yeah. They really do. And it's like, it's small things that have, to me, established them as the, we kind of, we talked about it in depth as who's the potential third best team. Yeah. Uh, and to me, like them kind of showing off their defensive versatility since All-Star break, mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes up for any roster struggles they have. Yeah, I agree. Because now, like, now, okay, I maybe your second unit is not playing well, um, but now you could get. St- I trust you to get stops when you're not playing well. Mm-hmm. This, this is one of the reasons I'm so high on Boston, regardless, and, and they've looked disgusting the last week. Yeah, but they're like the elite team's ability to just clamp down, and you know what? If we're struggling, you're going to struggle too, and it's going to be a close game regardless. Yeah. That's now. Now I know that the series will probably come down to close games. Mm-hmm. And a, 
There's not many guys I trust in close games this year more than Randall and Brunson. Yep. I mean, before Brunson got hurt quickly in there too. And and quickly makes their bench dynamic, which is like one of the other small things you can improve to be a contender. Right. But to me, like before Brunson got hurt, he like surgically made Spolstra look bad. Yeah. And Spolster, to his credit, is nothing like bum-ass Doc Stray. My bad. But uh, (laughs) Spolster tried, like, a variety of ways to stop Brunson. Mm -hmm. And nothing. Like, no matter what, Brunson got exactly what he wanted. Yeah, I mean, you look around the league, that's been, I mean, even last year, that was the issue, even with um, the Jazz. Exactly. Yeah. the, the Jazz and um, Phoenix too. Phoenix, yeah, and Phoenix, yeah. They just Brunson just finds a way. He doesn't settle for anything. Yes, and he, again, he gets what like he wants and doesn't wait for the defense to give him uh, anything. The blueprint. The Knicks are doing everything we've talked about. Teams needing to do to contend. Mm-hmm. I mean, Randall is cooked down the stretch of games. Randall is cooking elite defenders. Randall looks like the most unguardable player in the league right now. Bro, and, like and again, a year or two ago, if Jimmy Butler's checking him, Randall is taking a jump shot. I know it. Mm-hmm. But down the stretch of the Miami game, he actually gets a post up and gets a layup. Yep. I'm like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, holy shit, the Knicks are like, even, even in these competitive playoff atmosphere games, they're getting the shots they want. Yep. And that to me is no. their final piece of the puzzle is they're not an uh-huh. offensively struggling team anymore. Right. And um Tibbs, uh Thibodeau, people forget sometimes how well he coaches in the clutch. I mean look back at some of the, the shots Chicago got. Yeah, D. Rose was an MVP. He was a great player at when he um you know, when he was clutch hitting game winners, Jimmy Butler hit a lot of game winners for them as well. But if you look at those game winners and look at those last shots they took, they were all good shots. Yeah, the, the Derrick Rose bank one was different, but Jimmy Butler hit some easy jumpers to um, win games. D. Rose got into floaters. And when you watch him again, you realize, oh, that was the play. Like, it yep. wasn't just the players playing spectacular. Tibbs got these guys the shots that they hit the most. Yeah. Like, at that time, D. Rose was probably the best floater, uh, had the best floater in the game at that time. I remember he hit the one against the Knicks. That was beautiful. And he got to, like, the sweetest spot he could possibly get mm-hmm. to. And, and they used to find an awesome, Tibbs. like, no matter who they had out there, and they, like, you know, early on they would have non – like threats as defensive guys but yeah. no matter what down the stretch if especially if rose was playing well which is most of the time back then yeah like the spacing was so beautiful it was yeah always like yeah. again you talk about him being able to get the the floaters i'm looking at it he's going 1v1 against guys mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he's doing now with the knicks he is he is. He's getting mismatches for them. He's yes. getting the best matchup to help them succeed on yeah. offense. It's working. 
quickly was like hooking Grant Williams. Every time Grant Williams came out there, it, you know, he was getting blown by Horford getting blown by. Yeah. Um, and the thing is he was getting the switches on the quickly and quickly was eating. And that's like, really you have to have a mismatch. Win. If you have a mismatch off the bench, Again, that makes your second unit more nuclear. It does, yeah. Yep. Does. I really can't think of another team this year that has, like, addressed or improved on all their weaknesses. And it's not I necessarily agree. from, I mean, obviously Josh Hart was just, like, beautiful. Like, a beautiful pickup. Yeah. And he's been... Such a flawless fit, which doesn't really surprise anyone, but it's somehow been even better than we thought. Josh Hart is like the the fresh grated parmesan on your pasta. Like you know when they ask you, you want parmesan? Yeah. And they and, and Josh Hart, honestly, he's <laughs> yeah, but it's good. But like what's crazy about Hart is he really can guard one through five. He can. He's so strong, man. So strong. It's, it's the Brunson thing of like he doesn't really look like it, but no, nobody can move him. Nobody can kind of overwhelm him. It, like his positioning yeah. is so much better. He's so physical when he needs to be. Yeah. And again, the Knicks are are perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're really 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 good. It sucks yeah. that Fournier couldn't find a spot on this team because like everyone else works so well. And like Fournier would be a nice icing on the cake if he was, you know, could stick with the team. But it's all it's okay. We're we're cool. Um, But I also like having like this is another sign of a contender. If your worst case scenario, you you're struggling against like Philly, for example, and you're down 2-0 in two blowouts, you have like guys that you could at least try. Yeah, he does. Right? Like, Quint, if, if you're down 2-0 to Philly and Quentin Grimes has just been getting abused, you could at least try yeah. Fournier at that point rather than just keep yeah. throwing Grimes out there to keep getting cooked. Yeah, you could throw Fournier out there. If Hartenstein can't check Embiid, which he, he can't, obviously, you could say, okay, Jericho Sims, get out there, use your fouls. You know, he does have that, yeah. And you got some young guys. Um, McBride is a young guy who – Nice shooter, nice aggressive player. He he throws him out there sometimes, and he looks pretty good. So yeah, you're right. He does have a lot of options. He does. This is a team that it just you know, Obi Toppin comes in and out, but he plays enough he like plays to make hard. an impact. He plays everyone enough to make an impact, and they all play so hard, man. I I see them give a hundred percent every night. The, the Knicks players. I haven't had that in a while. And and you know what really shows how much they're clicking is Thibodeau mm-hmm. barely gets upset now. Right. Like he still gets frustrated over call, but it's like normal coach frustrations. It's yeah, not like turnovers. Yeah, it's not yeah, like so- Randall to taking a disgusting shot and it cuts to Thibodeau just looking dead inside. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like Yeah. Again, it's a credit to a lot of the players, but Thibodeau is he finally has the entire locker room just locked in on him. He does. And they've and like they've represented him, his style, his identity. And you could just feel it all over the court with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, shout out to the Knicks, man. Keep doing it. Keep doing I your mean, thing. Playing such good basketball. Rising up too. Um, only two games behind the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs are still winning too, but you know that's gonna it, be that's gonna be it, a battle all the way to the end. It's gonna. I think that I think all those seeds are because I mean Boston lost five out of the last ten, three in a row. If they lose two more games, they're down to third. You know, I mean, it's only a yeah. game and a half. So, yeah, all these all these games count now. All of them count. Yeah, all of them count. Um, you want to talk about some of the playing teams in the East? Well, I mean, um, you know, playing teams for now. I mean, we could talk about. I, I know Chicago's in the bottom, and they're, but they still have a chance. Chicago and Indiana still have a chance. Uh, I mean, you know, technically Orlando has a chance, but I'd be really Orlando is like a super. Lose. Yeah, they they would have to go on a run, and and a couple of teams would have to really fall off. Yeah, they're not um, a legitimate chance to me. So Chicago and Indiana are. They're two teams that could go on a run to, to really make it. Miami is at seven right now. Then Atlanta, Toronto, Washington. And then those are the ones, if the plan started today, it would be those four teams. And then Chicago and Indiana are two and two and a half games out from Washington. I, I'll tell you, so. based on what I've seen this year, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Miami, and uh, who can I not? Toronto. Oh, Toronto. They deserve to get in. I agree. Uh, to the play, and I mean, to me, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, they've <clears throat> they haven't been consistent, obviously, but they've gotten better over the course of the year. They've won signature games over the course of the year, and they're just better yeah. than the other teams I'm about to mention. Yeah, like to me, it's it, there's like a level that they're better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. DC and Indiana are like in the same boat where they're more lottery than than playoffs. Yeah. Uh so I'm not really sure like I'm not really sure which one of them would deserve it more. I guess Indiana because they've been a little more surprising. Yeah. Indiana I, I'm not really sure what happened. I know yes, they that with... that was what I was getting to. Struggle with a few health things, but like I didn't think it was anything that would make them lose as many games as they've lost. Like, yes, and and honestly, like this is where I'm leaning towards the Wizards and a little bias here because I got the shirt on. But mm-hmm. to me, the Wizards have been the between the eighth and the twelfth best team in the conference all year. Yeah. Meanwhile, Indiana was like the fourth best team the first two months of the season. Right. And they have fallen off so quickly. I I don't know where I missed the losing streak they clearly had. Yeah, it's just, I feel like it's just been like a steady, a steady, like. There had to have been five to ten losses in a row somewhere. Uh. I feel like it's been like uh, three losses to one win, three losses to one win kind of thing. 
I mean, that's almost worse. That's almost worse because then you're just really like you're just bad. Yeah. At that point, which means your early season run was a complete fluke. And three and seven in their last 10. To me, like the last like month, they haven't been horrible from what I've seen. But like, no, I'm sorry, they're four and six, four and six. Indiana. But going six. into All Star break, I had already noticed like Indiana was fourth, fifth, like a month and a half ago, and now they're like at the bottom outside of the play-in. Yeah, which is just insane. Uh, but I think Indiana puts up more of a fight than the Wizards do if they somehow find a way to actually get a playoff spot. I. I would agree. I think their depth is is nice. They're very um, explosive to scoring. They are explosive, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think they can just play a lot of different kinds of games. They probably have the best coach that isn't in the playoffs. So, you know, I, they definitely have the most uh, – probably are more competitive than Washington right now. Yeah. In Washington, you just never know who's going to be hurt. You never know who's going to step up. They're like, as far as what each player does for them every night, they're so inconsistent. Random. I don't know if that's a coaching thing or it's like, oh, look, Afford led them in scoring tonight. Oh, next game is it'll be Porzingis. Next game it's Beal. Next game it's Kuzma. They're like, just very few teams that are like really good have that much of a you know, back and forth with who's leading them. So the problem with the Wizards is they don't have a clear cut best player. And it's it's so like obviously shows because normally you look at like best players and their second best player. Chris Middleton mm-hmm. could put up 50, 15, and 12 tomorrow, and nobody would be like, oh, he's like on Giannis's level. Or right. you know. And I don't even have to get that deep. Like, Bam could put up 40, 10, and 10, and nobody thinks he he's, like, the best player over Jimmy Butler, even though he might be. Right. Kuzma could put up 30 and a couple assists, a couple rebounds, and it looks like mm-hmm. he's better than Bradley Beal. And Porzingis. And Porzingis. And Porzingis could do the same thing and look better than both of them. And to me, right. Kuzma and Porzingis – Porzingis has been hurt, and he's not really like a star big man. Right. Kuzma's a fucking role player. Brad. Yeah. Brad, where are you? How you the fuck are we scoring. in a three-man best player race when you're supposed to be the premier shooting guard of the league? You led the league in scoring two years ago. A year – last year, but the year before, I'm pretty sure, right? His, his – so. my point is, Kuzma, I expect to be inconsistent. Uh, mm-hmm. Porzingis, same thing. The the young ass role players they throw out, same thing. The young ass coach who doesn't seem like he has any clue what to do, same thing. Brad, yeah. you're the fucking leader. You've been here the longest. Mm-hmm. If this team is gonna succeed, it has to be through you. Yeah, and he can't even be better than uh Kyle Kuzma on a nightly basis. Right. Like you paid DC, we paid a quarter of a bill for that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, and to, put all to, your trust to, into them. You know, to fittingly be the ninth or tenth seed in the fucking conference. Yeah, and you traded basically every other player you had that would be close to being that had upside. your star. Yeah, like every other star you've had, you've traded. So you, it was like you were really buying all into Bradley Beal, and now, you know, he's not really producing. Like, you know, so. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know. Should the thing about Chicago, too, um, being in that mix, is they've won against the really good teams, and then they get beat by all these other teams that shouldn't be beating them at all. You Chicago know? sucks to me. They they do. They're 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 a disaster. The construction of the team just isn't there. No. And. I, I mean, we've talked about it enough on here. I'm not going to deep dive again how I feel um, about it, but I think there's one clear, easy move that you make, and then you go from there. But I don't think they're willing to do it for some reason, some odd reason, but it it's, is what it is. Guys who, guys who make jump shots look good in Chicago, and the guy you're thinking of makes them at a good rate. It doesn't seem like it, though. No. <laughs> I don't know. It, I still think his stats are better, man, because I'll be watching it. It's like, he, bro, he when really, are you going Anytime, his double-digit rebounding games should all be studied under a microscope. I agree. Because he's never on the offensive glass, I can tell you that. Never. Never. <laughs> he's really not crashing on the defensive glass because he's normally helping and not doing shit there. Yeah. Which Chicago is like, they play ass backwards. Their guards, their guards give like a hundred fifty percent effort playing defense, all for them to send the fucking guy to a big man who can't protect the rim. Yep, like and who just doesn't protect the rim. It's it's and like then, you you're copying Utah's formula with Gobert and Donovan, but your your two star players don't have the the level Donovan has. Right. Uh, and you don't actually have a rim protector. Yeah, and then they use. I've been I've dogged Patrick Williams on Twitter a lot, so I'm not gonna go too deep into him. But they use Patrick Williams as this like. I don't even really know what position he plays. Patrick Williams by far has the worst minus on the team. By the way, I'm not I'm not even looking at it, and I know this because I have looked at it before. It's like not even remotely close. Who has the worst plus minus on the team? And it's Patrick he's, Williams. He's the only guy who plays that stands out like a sore thumb. Exactly. The I just only don't know guy. why he keeps playing. And this is that's the guy you didn't want to trade for Jeremy Grant. You didn't want to let him go last summer. Now he's on the team, and it just and I I love Billy Donovan as a coach. I think he's a good coach, but I feel like. I don't I don't know how to use him. Billy doesn't know how to use him. The team doesn't know how to play with him. And it's just like it's just not working. Of all the players who really don't fit at all, it's their front court players. And Drummond comes in there and looks great for like four minutes, but then you have to put the other guy in there. So it's like I don't know. It, it, their construction of their team is bad. I don't think it's the Rosen and Levines as a combo. I think that can work. 
I just think that everything else around them still has to be kind of good, kind of like the Lakers were at one point. LeBron and AD together is not the bad part of it. It's everything else that you have that is 100%. a mess. 100%. So, and that's where Chicago pisses me off. Um, Like, there's no – this team was on the verge of being a contender last year, and their organization – like, I don't see any aggression to pivot – to make sure we remain a contender, what's not right. working, so we can adjust and correct it. Like, to your point, th- to me, I agree. This is a championship-level star duo. Yes. But it's not – this isn't like Shaq and Kobe. You got to actually, like, right. fit a fucking team around these guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like if DeRozan yeah. destroys teams with jumpers – if Levine destroys teams with jumpers, you didn't want to add some guys who could get fucking layups? Right. Or you have someone who's who destroys guys with their – both those guys destroys mismatches with their athleticism, and you don't have a really good screener. Not really. I mean, the more, I mean, it's like, honestly, the more I think of them initially getting Vucevic, I, I, w- I should have been more negative about it to begin with. He he's he plays a lot more outside than he did in Orlando. And he was Orlando. He was a little. Bit I didn't more watch outside. Orlando as much as Chicago, but he was outside all the time there too. I just you know it was it, like to me when I watched Chicago, I questioned if he's even a big man when they're playing. But I knew he was a big he's man. Another in wing. He move. He plays and <laughs> takes shots like another wing. He does, yeah. He's just a big wing. Decent, like, post. Again, what bothers me is, like, I criticize Nurkic because I think he's just a low IQ player. He he does things he's not good at all the time. He And he, like, yeah. tries them as if he's good at them. Mm-hmm. Bro, when Vucevic actually plays inside, which is, like, like we got to wait for an eclipse at this point for that to happen, he finishes yeah. well. He finishes well. He gets to the line. He's a, a great free throw shooter. Like, bro. He does. He has it, great touch. But he barely does those things he's really good at. I know. It, it's really strange. I don't And I, I think sucks, it man. has to just be him because I don't think that's like a Billy Donovan thing. Yeah. He's, he's I mean, Billy honestly, Donovan coach and he's never done that. No, nah, it, it's because he fucking screens and pops out 95% of the time. Yeah, he he loves those jump shots. Bro, just roll. Demar's Demar's already just off your screen. He's gotten to a spot guys can't check him. Yeah, like just roll, bro. And I mean, he honestly, if you uh, track the players like where they stand on the court, mm-hmm. he probably has more top of the key time spent than any other player in the league. I agree. God, he's just up is- there all the time. He would average probably 20 rebounds if he stayed inside because, you know, DeRozan gets to that free throw line and it's either a make or a short rebound. It's never like a long rebound. It's either cash money or bounce right off the rim. You can catch it right under the basket because DeRozan's touch is so soft. And and a lot of times the guys double DeRozan and he'd be wide wide open if he was there. But, you know. Another thing is we talked about with Cleveland not having a small forward in the East, right? And, you know, similar to that situation, 
not having a power forward is just as bad because every team has a really yes. solid power forward too. Like those, the forward position is the East. That runs the East for the most. I mean, completely the forwards. So you look, Milwaukee has the best forward in the league. Uh, Boston, everyone on the team can play forward. So obviously they always have a good forward out there. Philly, Tobias, yeah. Cleveland has Mobley. New York has the sec- has the best power forward in the league, best true power forward in the league. Um, you go down, Atlanta has John Collins, who's tough. Siakam is tough. Porzingis is the unicorn. Patrick Williams. Like, <laughs> think about all the names the guys who start at power forward I named, and then I get to Patrick Williams. Like, and I don't know who plays power forward for the Nets anymore because everybody on the team is a forward. But they're all better than Patrick Williams. So I just Chicago's like I mean we'll talk about them probably when we, well depending on how the playing picture will turn out. Yeah. Uh, but they're easily one of the biggest disappointments of the year. They're my biggest for sure. Yeah. Because I, I mean honestly, and, and I I'll admit I was wrong. Even I thought coming into the season. Even if they kind of just literally run it back with their yeah. off-season pickups, they'll at yeah. least be as good. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. They regressed significantly. And it's like the, the things that caused them to not be that good last year, yeah. they've become more prominent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they lived and died by jumpers all year last year, and it's more of that. Yep. They're just, again, the only thing they're missing that carried them last year was DeRozan's godly mid-range shooting. Yep. This year, he's shooting them like maybe like a king, not a god. Yeah. So, and that to me makes, and this is how Chicago is fucking awful because he drops a little bit and they fall off a cliff. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, that has its own variables Well, where maybe he's not as open as he was last year. Maybe the teams know they don't have to check Vucevic and Patrick Williams once they're outside of the paint, really. You know, it, if, you, if you're going to live, if I'm willing to let you, um, I'm willing to live by Vucevic taking all those jump shots if I'm another team. 1, so I'm, I'd rather double DeRozan. Go ahead, take it out if you want. He yep. can have that. And then they, a lot of times they'll put guards on Vucevic because they don't even need a big man on him. He's the only guy who can hit like four in a row and, and guys still don't close out hard on him. Right. I mean, Porzingis will go 0 for 5 and guys fly out at him when he's like a foot or two behind the line. Because you never know. Because when he catches his fire, I mean, he's scorching hot. So right. Vucevic is never hot. He's barely warm. Lukewarm. Um, do you have anything in the West you want to talk about? I don't really. Um, Phoenix. Uh, we've gotten a, an extensive look at KD. Uh, the yeah. Dallas game was very interesting. It was a good game. I mean they they kind of reinforced what we said about them, but they they look hard to check. Yeah. I think one thing that makes Phoenix really tough too is that they they're doing this without a lot of dribbles. Um, uh, 
Booker and AD are just getting back, getting buckets, getting good shots without really taking any dribbles. Yeah. And um, that's huge because you, you never want having a dribble and having a go one on one ISO to be your go to. You want the you want to fall back on the ISO. You want that to be the breakdown. Mm-hmm. It's something that the Celtics specifically have not been doing well lately. Their breakdowns are running plays instead of the other way around. But Phoenix, they run plays, run plays. They get shots, get catch-and-shoot shots. And then, okay, if we can't get the catch-and-shoot shot, then we go into ISO, and that's fine. Um, so that does make them really dangerous. Um, they'll be dangerous against any team that doesn't also do that, like the Warriors, like Denver, the teams yeah. who also get really uh, – those kind I'm, of shots. I'm curious if they find a consistent fifth starter for the playoffs. Uh, I think Okogi is probably it. Okogi, but but the problem is like, like Wainwright seems like he's a little more trustworthy to hit shots. Yeah, and my thing is, it's really not stretch. a starter. It's really who's your definitive uh, down the stretch fifth player. Yeah, they they are going to get more. They are going to need to get more definitive with that. I'm surprised T.J. Warren doesn't get more minutes. Um, they they haven't figured out how to use Terrence Ross yet, and we kind of knew that. Um, I don't think we ever talked about it, but I mentioned I mentioned to you off mic. It, it just if there was one team that I knew Terrence Ross was not going to be able to really be Terrence Ross, it was going to be on Phoenix. <laughs> like he's not going to get a lot of dunks. He's not going to get a lot of threes. He's not going to do the stuff that he does best, which is dunks and threes. He's not a dribbling guy. He's not a playmaker. He's not a that great of a cutter. So um, I think he'll probably fall out of the rotation by the end of the year, to be honest with you. Um, I could see it. Torrey Craig is still going to be there. Um, yeah, I think my biggest thing is I don't know why TJ Warren doesn't play more for them. Because he seems like the guy that would fit, especially he's already been, you know, on Phoenix for a long time. But he seems like the guy that would fit that with them. It's just if he, it's if he, because he missed so much time. I feel like he did, yeah. Uh, he just missed a crazy amount of time, and I mean, he when he plays, he seems kind of back to about what he was. He's not quite as like athletic, but still could get yeah. the same mid range shots. He's still got good range. He he's got good size. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I wonder, maybe if they are kind of saving him for the playoffs, that could be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my, I guess one question with Phoenix, besides the, the last down the stretch guy is it, again, if you're just going to live and die by KD and D books, individual greatness, Denver mm-hmm. will send you home. Golden yeah. state will send you home. Yeah, because if you're going to just take jump shots, you're not going to out-jump shot either of those teams. Yeah, because the quality of shots is going to be way better for Denver and Golden State. Yeah, and they got the size to match up with. with exactly. Exactly. And again, it, it's – I don't understand. Aiton is right there. Like, he's open. He's The amount of times in the Dallas game, we didn't even look at Aiton – we took a contested midi and we made it because D book is awesome at that. KD's awesome at that. Like 
I just, it's weird to me. Like, yo, Aiton took like six shots. Yeah. He looked at the rim like eight times total. Yeah. I mean, he gets the clutch tap in. Like, y'all didn't notice that y'all took such high degree of difficulty shots, he couldn't rebound anything. Right. It's just, if they're not going to have some level of inside-out play, they're not the, the runaway best team in the conference. I agree. And the thing is, Aiton is like a high reward, super low risk guy. When he takes more shots, he makes more shots. When he takes more shots, he gets more points. He doesn't take you out of the game. He, you know, rarely shoots under sixty percent. Like he's he does good things for you on the court. And um, especially those guys, they get the contested jump shots. And just that the simple go up for the shot. Oh, look, he's open. Ass thing. They that good players know how to do he's there every time i know yeah it is kind of strange that that's not more of a thing i think the lob is there more often than they use it um i mean again i i watch luca use the attention he gets to get powell lobs in in clutch situations in this game like yeah aiden is so elite yeah claxton's another guy Aiton is such an elite player, and, like, Phoenix, by, like, choice, makes him look average. Yeah. it's And it's so obviously by choice, too. Mm-hmm. Because he had guards on him, like, 80% of the fucking game. And guys were not yeah. even, including CP, wouldn't even look his way. Yeah. It is strange. I'm I'm curious how their chemistry will uh, progress to the playoffs. There, there is going to be pretty much in all of these matchups. They are going to need him because I mean they barely 100%. won this Dallas game, right? They were a, a roll out the rim away from losing this game. Really, um, you take you go against somebody they, like they still guard Luca like like they're brain dead. Yeah, they do. They still. Let him go right anytime they let. And that's the thing. I texted you this when it happened. CP forced Luca left. Luca takes a terrible shot. And it was a great defensive possession. And then next time down, I don't know why they don't notice this, but next time down, Jason Kidd calls a full overload. There's literally no one on the right side of the court at all, except for Luca and CP. And they just let it happen. And to me, people watching, that should tell you how reliant Luca is on going right. The fact that he goes left, takes one bad shot, next play, never going on that side of the court. That, I know. Four players on that side of the court. There's eight, eight players total on that side of the court. I'm not even looking over there. I just, and then he went, got again, he's, and this is like a prime example of he's not shooting the ball well. So if mm-hmm. he's got two moves, I know I probably can't stop. I probably mm-hmm. can't stop him from getting to the right. I probably can't stop his left step back. Right. Why are we, if we're going to pick one option to stop, why are we giving him the better option? <laughs> he's not right. shooting the ball well, Monty. Force the goddamn jumper. Nah, uh-huh. fucking drive right, bully ball, like, Who's the dude who bounced off of him when he missed the layup? 
Uh, was it Wainwright? I'm pretty sure it was Wainwright. It might have been Wainwright, yeah. And Wainwright yeah. looks like he lives in the weight room. He does. Yeah, he, he played in the like NFL. He has the biggest, biggest shoulders, right? He has the biggest shoulders <laughs> in Phoenix, including Aiton. And and Luca bounced him off like a like nothing. He was on the Bills roster before Phoenix picked him up. The and Buffalo Luca Bills bounced him off like he yeah. wasn't there. Exactly. So it's not even like when you when you let Luca go right, he's so unstoppable. He has NFL strength going right, practically. He does because to he your does. point, CP forced him left, and he's fucking tiny. And he takes a drifting like runner, and it was terrible. Monty, <laughs> look at the film. I don't. I just don't understand why I'm the only one on the planet who sees this on in the game. But it's Other just than like you. I feel like, like other teams at least have players who try. Yeah, I saw Phoenix, Cleveland try. Cleveland does a good job. Phoenix lets him. I saw Philly try. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and Philly's dumb. And Philly and let him go, sit on the one side and do whatever at one point. Yeah, and they know, and they know that because when Ben, Ben was the first one to do it to force him left, and it looked amazing. So they know it works. They just don't have anyone like Ben now to, <laughs> to still I do just, it. I but. really, again, you letting Kyrie do whatever. Okay, Kyrie. Sometimes he's that good. He'll just do whatever. Yeah, Luca's not shooting the ball well, and you let him put up thirty-five. Yeah, and almost seal the, you know, almost Almost win the game game with with a bunny. Yeah, which he's not missing in the fucking playoffs. In the playoffs, Wainwright will fly off of him the same way. Luca finishes, and then he looks at Devin Booker like, "What you got to say now?" Yeah, exactly. Like that meme, like that meme of him leaning down, looking at him, like, "Yo, what's up?" Yeah, yeah. That that I'm sure that that lives in Booker's mind rent free. That that picture, a hundred. That's one of the greatest photos in basketball history, by the way. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's like a that's like a historic trash talk moment. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Absolutely is. Um, I think I think that's good for today. Um, oh, oh, I forgot I, you mentioned the guy. Grant Williams is really wag. Really why? wag. I'm gonna make oh, him for, both for choking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, bro, you're a, you're you're a role player. You don't say that. I'm gonna make him. Yeah, the both? first one was just short. I understand. The second one was a brick. I don't care, bro. You, you're a fucking role player. You should never say I'm gonna fucking do this, okay? Grant, you're not. If if it's not a corner kick out, I don't want to hear. I'll make it. And you were just DNP'd two games ago, like yeah, bro. Muscala yeah. came in and took your fucking minutes, and he sucks. Yeah. And he, it's not like he looks good out there. Like, he still sucks. Right. He got baptized in OT. Who dunks on somebody in OT, by the way? Like, that's this, that's when you're supposed to do careful, that. easy things. Scala goes up and gets banged on, posterized. Oh, and, <laughs> I could go on, like, a whole a... podcast episode of how elite Donovan is. Yeah, we do need one one day. 
one day. Like, uh, to your point, he heats up and his fucking energy elevates too. Bro, seven and oh in overtime games. That's that's, tough. that's all Donovan to me. Yeah, there's only uh, only a few other teams that are undefeated in overtime games. Huh? But nobody has over four. That's uh, that's undefeated. Second one has four. No one else. Speaking of, uh, we're about to get out of here anyway. I did get a chance to see Sacramento. Uh, Their depth. Their depth. I didn't even peep. I thought it was Monk cooking. And then it was kind of Fox and Sabonis. Yeah. Like, Huerter is a little bit better than I thought. Is he coming off the bench for them now? (laughs) No, he's starting. Oh, starting. Yeah, okay, yeah. He's starting, and they're like, and similar to Atlanta, but in Atlanta, I always thought it was kind of weird when they like look to get him involved and feed him. Yeah. Uh, in Sacramento, with how quick they get up and down, it looks a lot more natural. I think it also looks more natural for them because they have more threats out there. Mm-hmm. Like on Atlanta, he was like the only real spot up shooter on the team, so yeah. like. It did feel more forced, like we're forcing it to him. Now it's like we got a bunch of shooters, and he's just a little more open than them. And he's just like the best of other good shooters. And Um, and you were saying Davion Mitchell. I mean, he's got all of the the Alvarado intangibles, like the Caruso intangibles. He's 100% on both sides. He's – He's actually, for a guy that's small, he's very good at finishing inside. Mm-hmm. And he's always trying to, like, play physical. He does, and he loves checking the bigger guys. He loves right. it. Yeah. He loves and it. And their, their chemistry, like, guys coming in and out looked seamless, playing through Sabonis, like, Sabonis playing through other people. Wow, yeah. they, they really look like the premier team in the conference alongside Denver, to be honest. The funny thing is, on this very podcast, we've been talking for years about the gold mine of talent that was in Sacramento. We always said, yo, if they make a three-for-one trade, they have three really good guys. Any three guys you get would be a great trade for anybody. And they just stuck with it, man. And now, I mean, now they're full-blown contenders. They have, you know, two all-stars, and they just they look great. I tell you what, this year's six man of the year race is one of the best six man of the year races I've seen in a long time. Uh, Cause it's like the first time, like no one is just looked at as a six man and like, that's it. Like how Lou Williams was for a while. Right. Now we're looking at Monk, Brogdon and quickly, I would say are probably the top three right now. And I mean, all three of those guys could easily be starting. Uh, you know, two of them started last year and they just they're like carrying some of their team's wins. Yeah. Brogdon probably the least because his starters are the best of those three, right? Because like Brogdon's out there, the team plays good, but it could just be Tatum and Brown being hot and he's just playing good defense, whatever. But Monk and Quickly are carrying these teams on offense, like no other bench players in the league are doing. I mean, if Brogdon wins it, it'll be exactly like he won Rookie of the Year. He wasn't yeah. the best. He was the steadiest, most consistent. Like, you knew exactly what you were getting. And he 
again, similar to his rookie year, he never looked better than I thought, but he was producing much better than I thought. Mm-hmm. And he was the best. He's the best bench guy on the best team that year. And, yeah. and um, and that's basically what he is now. Like you said, that's basically what he is now. He's the best bench it. player on the best team. He's not. He doesn't look like he got better. Really, it's just he's producing more consistently than I thought he would for them. And, and to yeah. his credit, he's a little bit more aggressive shooting the ball than I thought he would be. Yeah, he is. He definitely is. Uh, like sometimes he's just like, nah, I got this and just takes it. Yeah. Attacks. So th- there is like a, a slight boost of confidence maybe that uh, I could see if he, he heats up down the stretch, especially if they, like if he's a big factor of why they keep the two seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really got no problem with him winning it because the other guys have just kind of had explosive performances. Yeah. They haven't been to your point, like the Lou will style of six man or the Clarkson. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah. Is I think it's, I think it's going to be fun to see how that voting goes. I hope they release that voting. I don't think they always do, but I hope they do. Cause I'd like to see how they, um, who they picked on that because they they also Any of those probably three winning a name. They they might pick a name we don't even we can't even think of on the spot. Like, yeah, they might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poole has just been playing so well as the starter that he can't win it. But yeah, I wish he won one. I wish he could win one, but he he won't because he's such a big part of the team. All right. Um. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, next pod, we'll be back, talk more about the playoffs, m- more and more getting closer and closer. Hopefully some more free agency stuff happens in the NFL. Um, I'm really, really curious to see that. Um, March Madness is coming up pretty quickly. It's been kind of a weird year for college basketball because a lot of the teams that are normally favorites have been kind of trashed this year. Yeah. Um. So, uh. That'll be interesting. See if we get Tyler Cook back for that. Um, But anyway, thank you for listening. Subscribe. Follow us, all the good stuff, and we'll see you next time.